Hey, it's Krista. Thanks for being here, showing up for yourself and being curious today. On the Rewilding Humanity podcast, we explore the depths of what it means to be human and how to come back into wholeness, physically, mentally, spiritually. Virtual high five to all you true seekers out there. Let's get into it. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Rewilding Humanity podcast. Today, I'm really pleased to introduce Crystal Karamasinis. I hope I pronounced your name right, girlfriend. (laughs) Today, we are chatting about empowered prepping for health. Okay, so Crystal is a former nurse. Well, she's still a nurse, I guess, but she's just not working in the allopathic system anymore. She was like right in the thick of everything. She was working in mental health in Vancouver's downtown east side. She was also a frontline nurse during the whole pandemic thing. And we're going to talk about why she became a health and fitness coach, which is kind of her main jam now. A lot of it had to do with her awakening and what she witnessed over the past few years during the quote unquote pandemic. And what she discovered is that there are so many ways that we can actually prepare at home for things like harsh flu seasons. A lot of this information is stuff that we probably should have been provided by regulatory bodies like Health Canada, but that is not what we were provided. But the good news is, is that there are amazing tools that you can stock up on and empower yourself to stay healthy. We're going to talk about stuff like using a nebulizer, which is really cool. I'm like 100% going to be getting one of these. They're super, super cool. And it's something that I already love doing when I know that I'm going to be like traveling or I'm going to be around people that like might be sick. I actually use like a nasal spray and also like a throat gargle. And this is kind of like a step above that where you can actually create a solution with a bunch of amazing medicinal things in order to breathe it into your lungs to combat respiratory viruses and things like that. So super cool. And I also just wanted to mention in the intro, we talk about getting something called NAC. NAC is actually N-L-C-D-L-C-Y-S-T-E-N-C-Y-S-T-E-N-C-Y-S-T-E-N-C-Y-S-T-E-N-C-Y-S-T-E-N-C-Y-S-T-E-N-C-Y-S-T-E-N
is similar in very many ways. And I've heard a little bit about your story. And I was introduced to you by Sarah Swain Mm -hmm. back when I think you may have worked privately with her and she had posted just some like keywords that sparked some heart pulling on me. She said that she was just got out of a meeting with a heart led entrepreneur and in your health food brand and shared your wild remedies. And I was like, oh, what is this? Wow. I'm so like, just, this is so up my alley. This is what I'm into. Yay. I love that. And I love Sarah. She's so amazing. Are you working with her right now? I work with Sarah. Yeah. I've been working with her for years. Oh, cool. Yay. Are you going to be at the MYM conference? I am. And I'm going to be teaching two fitness classes, Mountainside there. And I will be speaking on stage, sharing a little bit about my story. Oh my God. I'm so excited. I'm coming. So we will get to meet in person. Yay. Yay. It's so fun. It's going to be a big stretch for me to Mm -hmm. walk on stage full of hundreds of people but I'm really, really passionate about what I have to share and on my story and just the whole like unraveling of everything has been really developmental, like in myself, like it's just built up so much inner strength. Just, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's funny how doors open and you never expect that those opportunities to be given to you. And like you said, it has to be a fuck. Yes. I hope it's okay to switch. Oh, it yeah, has to be fuck yes energy. And if it's not fuck yes, and it doesn't scare you a little bit, then there's really no breakthrough around the other side of that. So I'm so Absolutely. excited. I love September. I'm a summer baby. It is my birthday in two days. Oh, yay. But I'm so excited for September, which is like the first time ever in eternity that I'm excited for September. <laughs> yeah, September always has like that back to school sort of feel to it, you know. It's like, okay, summer's over, time to get back into the swing of things. Mm -hmm. My birthday's in September, so I'm trying to plan what to do and like how to get to the conference and stuff because I want to make like a whole thing out of it. Of course, Um, you have to. Yeah, well, I never go to Alberta and I love the mountains. Like I'm always escaping and going to the Kootenays. I was just there for a week and doing a little bit of research. Like I've never heard of Kananaskis before, which is where the event's going to be. Bye, girl. And yeah. I couldn't pronounce it. I was like, kind of mascus. Like, I didn't even know how to know. say it. Yeah, it's super weird. But my girlfriend was looking into it. She's like, oh my God, dude, like, do you know where you're staying? Like, this resort is so dope. And I was like, oh, okay. And I take a look and I'm like, oh my God, it's like Scandinav, which is this really beautiful resort in Whistler. And I was like, oh my God, it's so cool. And then I was chatting with some other friends about it. They're like, oh my God, like, that is literally my favorite place in the whole world. And a hike that I discovered recently, I haven't done it yet, but I love the hot springs that we have around BC here. And there's actually a hike in Kananaskis where you go up into the mountains and there's a hot spring up there. And I was like, fuck, this is so perfect. I'm going to do all the things. So excited. <laughs> is your birthday before or after the conference? It's before. So my birthday is September 9th. And for anybody listening to this right now, actually, I keep forgetting to do this. I need to st- timestamp these episodes. So We're kind of pre-recording stuff over the summer here that is then launching with our new brand in September. So anybody listening to this right now, like it's probably October already and this is like already done. (laughs) So we've already done the event probably. Okay. (laughs) But yeah, my birthday's in September. And it's funny because I was introduced to this concept in astrology where you are on the planet actually determines the flavor of the year that you're going to have. Oh. Yeah. So I had a girlfriend who was visiting me for a few weeks and we were kind of playing around with this a little bit. And I was like, okay, so I live in Kelowna right now. And I'm like, what's the flavor going to be if I stay in Kelowna? I can't remember what it was, but it was like shitty. It was just like, I don't want this energy for my years. Definitely can't be in Kelowna. So I need to travel that weekend. And this is like on your birthday. So the day that your birthday lands, the day, like the, the flavor like the of the time. year, the, the time. time. Yeah. So I tried a couple of other places and I was like, okay, because I don't want to go too far because I'm probably going to take a week to meander over to the event just so I can check out some of the other places in the mountains and things like that as well. And I'm like, fuck, I'm basically just going to be gone for all of September. But I'm into it. I love traveling. It's a birthday month. (laughs) It's a birthday month. Yeah. Where do you live? I'm right outside of Vancouver. Okay. All right. Verbs right outside of Vancouver. I'm in North Burnaby. Okay. 
Nice. I lived in North Van for a while. It's one of my favorite places. Right across the bridge there. I live with my two kids and my husband. Wonderful. And I suppose living in the lower mainland, it must have had some challenges over the past few years. I feel like Vancouver in particular, we're going to be chatting a lot about the awakening that's happened for a lot of people over the past few years. And I feel like Vancouver would have been a really challenging place to be (laughs) for somebody who is awake. (laughs) Yeah. And it was really even more challenging for me because I was a nurse that worked the whole pandemic since day one, front line. Oh, wow. And I'm the first to admit that I was not awake until my awakening happened like very late. Oh, interesting. Okay. So we can get into that. Let's, let's chat about that. So like my first question is, how did you become, so you're a health and fitness coach, but let's talk about that timeline, being a nurse, all of the things that you were just describing. Well, specifically for me, I think I had two awakenings. So my first awakening, so I've been a nurse since 2010. I transitioned. I was in school to be a substance abuse counselor. And at the time that, you know, like my almost coming up to like graduating, I was in my practicum and I was working at a mental health and substance abuse recovery house. And because I was a student and, you know, the students get handed off the jobs that no one else wants to do. So there was this man that was struggling with his mental health. The recovery house was in Surrey and I took him to Surrey Memorial Hospital because he was telling the facilitators there that he had a plan and he was going to jump. So we felt like we couldn't keep him here and he was, we were doing him a disservice by, we couldn't handle him. So We obviously wanted to get some resources for him. So I took him to the hospital and the Memorial Hospital, the nurses there at Emerge were like, not our problem. We cannot do anything for him. And I was like, okay, and I'm a student. I'm in my early twenties. I'm going to be a counselor. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's telling me he has a plan. He's telling me he he hears voices. He wants to end his life. You're telling me that it's not your problem. Like there has to be something for this man. And they were like, no, just another drug addict, not our problem is your problem. So we really had nothing to do. Like we couldn't do anything for this poor man. And I was like, I'm not going to be a substance abuse counselor. I'm going to be a nurse and I'm going to work on that side and I'm going to help from the other end. Mm -hmm. So then I went into being a nurse and I worked downtown East side. I was a self-employed nurse recognized by the college and I was facilitating in recovery houses and helping people with mental health and their many, many, many prescriptions and how to handle them and all of that. And that went on for many, many years of my career. And that was like an awakening for me, seeing that side of doctors writing scripts after scripts after scripts and a prescription for this and a prescription for that. And then I always kind of worked in mental health and substance abuse. And then when the pandemic happened, I was working then, of course, well, around 2017, I said, I feel like there's something more for me. And I looked around and and all of my friends that were nurses were going on prescription. All of the doctors that I was talking to were having irregular heartbeats and they were then prescribing themselves pills. And I was like, I looked around, everybody was really unhealthy. Everyone was going on prescription pills. This is my future, right? Mm -hmm. And so many nurses at the time were like, you're so fit and you know, you prep your food here and you're not gaining weight. And like, I had already been a nurse since for so many years. And I was like, I feel like I'm the exception to the rule because I'm so focused on my health. And then that raveled into me being a health and fitness coach. So I went in to be a certified personal trainer and then kind of still did both and dabbled in. But I knew I could see from that side that it was just pills made people money. Mm. And the more pills you were on, the more side effects you had, you know, the more weight, inflammation, more problems, more problems. So then, of course, I was like, okay, let me reverse this and work from opposite side of health and fitness. Let's prevent these diseases and people living with so much dysfunction. And then the pandemic happened and I was like, I, you know, this is the world's deadliest virus. Let me go back and help. So I went into the first test site here in Vancouver. I was so afraid. 
Mm. I was so manipulated that, you know, shaking someone's hand was like so bad. Right. Yeah. And we were all going to get sick and there was no advice. Like we had no protocol. And that really bothered me as someone that worked in hospitals, worked as a nurse for almost 14 years at this point. I'm like, we're just telling people to go home and take Tylenol Mm -hmm. for this. And I really thought that this was a serious disease. Like I was seeing people in China collapsing and dying. And many of the people that I was working with, they were like, oh, the media is covering it up. It's so bad in China. And the media here in Canada are not saying anything about it. So at first, the media is covering it up. They're lying. And then it's way worse than it actually is because they're lying. And then it kind of got twisted where I seen the other side when the arm things started coming out. And, oh, wow, they're actually making this problem seem much more bigger than it actually is from what I see in mm-hmm. working in public health at that time. What were you seeing? You know, because they think so my job was to call positive cases. And I was talking to about 80 to 90 people a day. Mm -hmm. And they were quarantining in their houses. A lot of these people were older seniors living alone, already had comorbidities. And I and I was taught that this is such a deadly disease. And if you had comorbidities, then that was it for you. Mm. right? Like that you weren't going to do well. And I do believe that that's true for people that really had a high body mass index or like a high sugar diet. Like I did see a lot of people suffer in that sense. But I remember so clearly talking to this man and I was reading his file and it said that he had prostate cancer and like some other things going on with him. And I was expecting to call him and him to be really, really sick. And he said, the hardest part was just being alone Mm. and mentally being stuck in the house and not being able to see his family and that he had like the sniffles and a cough. And then that just, that same story just kept happening and like over and over again, many times a day, like 80 times a day. Right. So phone call after phone call, I'm like, wow, people are not actually dropping dead in the streets. Like we've been told. Right. And we're like on our third or fourth wave now and people are getting re-quarantined and, and something that I had learned in school becoming a substance abuse counselor was you had to always assess whether you were harming or helping. And so I kind of was taking a step back at this time. And meanwhile, I'm pregnant at this time. Yeah. And my coworkers are like, this is not the place for you. You are going to hurt your unborn child. This is very unsafe for you. You should not be working here. And so just like that added kind of stress hormones of like being pregnant and like locking. I felt like I was locking people up and their mental health was suffering and all of these ridiculous things that, you know, the team and the higher up doctors were telling us, we don't care. Tell them to take their one-year-old to go and get tested. And I'm like, but I can't as a nurse tell somebody, like I can't force an intervention on somebody. So I'm not going to call this mother and basically threaten them to then go and take their one-year-old to get a huge swab down their nose. That to me is like ridiculous. And that shit was traumatizing. I did that once, like naively before I really knew what was going on. And I'd lost like 20 brain cells or so. Like it hurt so bad. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like it's so... They're doing this to kids. Like it's just... They're doing wild. it to kids. And I could see early on at that point that they were doing it for numbers. It's like the mom and the dad were in this specific situation. Mom and the dad were both sick. So they had positive tests. So now the baby's sick. But now you're telling me as I'm checking in with them that I need to now force them to bring their baby to go get a swab to prove that he has COVID when you know that the mom and dad are sick. That's just you wanting a number, in my opinion. Yeah. And then just re-quarantining people that were already sick. And then, you know, they were coming out of quarantine. They already had this natural immunity. But of course, that was not being recognized. And then they would go and hang out with someone, let's say, was like, oh, well, we need to put them back in quarantine because they just hung out with someone that is like such an insane raveling circle. And I'm like, that doesn't really make sense because if I just had a cold and then I was with someone that had a cold, like would I now not have those antibodies to protect me, right? Mm -hmm. So just re-putting people back in quarantine for no reason and people's threatening me that they were going to commit suicide. 
I remember I was about to go on my maternity leave. I was super, super pregnant. And this young woman in Whistler was like, if you put me back in quarantine, I'm going to kill myself. And there's no resources in Whistler. There was no real big team. It's a very small little village town. And I'm like, at the end of the day, staying an hour late, trying to connect with the public health officers there to go and check up on her. That to me, I was not helping. I was harming as a nurse. So to kind of take that integrity and and turn inward and, and say like, is this really care? Is this healthcare? I don't feel like I'm caring. Yeah. So that's basically a lot of my awakening is just observing and sitting back and, you know, just trying to filter out the noise of what's true, what's not true and follow the money. Totally. Well, it sounds like you were critically thinking, (laughs) which is a skill that seems like that not many people seem to have for some reason. I mean, hopefully this whole situation is waking people up enough to be able to do it because it's going to happen again. Actually, oh. it might, it'll be interesting when this episode comes out. There's this one woman that I follow. She's like a famous astrologer and she's actually predicting another fear-based shit show around health coming in September. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So yeah. for anybody listening, if it happened, she called it. So it's going to be really, really important to have learned these lessons and to practice critical thinking because this is just going to continue to happen. And start to bolster your health now. Like I just keep telling people and telling people in my community, there's no more time to wait, right? Like we just keep following, it's like the blind leading the blind. If we just keep following the recommendations from these health experts, we're not living in an optimal state. No. And you need to fix whatever that is right now. The booze, the food addiction, like the packaged food, the cigarettes, the substances, the prescriptions, like this is something that you need to now start effectively discontinuing with the support of someone in a healthy, sustainable way to do that, because it's going to be a slippery slope and fall. And I do, I believe that. I believe that if people don't have tools in their arsenal now, we're going to be a lot worse we're going to be like as a health epidemic, we're going to be a lot worse off. Totally. Yeah. And I mean, like one of the reasons that people were struggling, I mean, we have the comorbidities, we have the obesity creating worse outcomes, but that's going to be for anything. And we already have an epidemic of diabetes and people, well, just being on tons of pharmaceuticals. And then the pandemic just exacerbated all of that stuff by creating isolation, loneliness, all of these things. Now people's businesses are being destroyed, right? We're on the brink of losing a quarter of a million businesses just in Canada alone. So it's just, and we're in a recession, like there's just so much, right? So when you pile all the stress and stuff on top of that as well, and we also have the majority of the population that took these (laughs) injections that we're now seeing are having detrimental effects on people's health, including damaging the immune system. Like a lot of my friends who have been jabbed are constantly sick. Like they're constantly sick. And for anybody listening, you know, this is no judgment. And anybody who's listening probably realizes that they got duped at this point, right? And so now it's damage control time. I get what that's like being an individual that struggled with chronic health stuff my my whole life and having to be really health focused and making sure that I'm on top of literally everything all the time. That's what people are going to have to start doing. And I mean, we should be doing that anyway. But one of the gifts that I found through the past few years was, I think, finding those tools, you know, for bolstering the immune system. I rarely get sick, right? And even with COVID, I think I was one of the first people to maybe get it. I was traveling in January of 2020. I was in the Canary Islands and I lowered my immune system by being on a plane and then going out drinking and all of this stuff. And then I got sick and I had a really shitty cough and whatever, but it like, it was a cold. It wasn't great. It's not great to be sick, but it wasn't life-threatening in any sense. I don't think I ever got reinfected or I might have, but it was just like no big deal, right? Because I was doubling down on the vitamin D and taking the NAC and the quercetin and like all of the things that are recommended by the health experts that actually know what the fuck they're talking about. 
the yeah. FLCC, I think was like the first one that came out. But also you probably prevented yourself from getting long haulers because you had the knowledge and you empowered yourself and got those tools like quercetin, the NAC, the vitamin C, the vitamin D, all thousands, millions of people had no clue about what you went out and researched about and found. Mm-hmm. And therefore, they're stuck still to, to today with life-altering, debilitating symptoms yeah. like COVID long haulers, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And that was a part, that was like a whole thing for me. So because I was in so much fear and fear-based at work, full PPE, pregnant, be careful, the sanitizer. And I'm in this day in and day out doing my part. And I was very frustrated that there was no protocol that doctors were just saying, come to emerge when you can't breathe, go home, isolate, take Tylenol. That burned my soul. How disempowering, you know? Exactly. And it's insane. And then once you're blue... Then you get to go to the hospital and then they were doing all of these interventions that were actually killing people. You know how exactly. we spent how many millions of dollars on what were they like those breathing machines or whatever that discovered that they were like yeah. actually like killing people? Awesome. Yeah. So intubating yeah. people, like 80% yeah. of the people that were on a respirator died. So back to that, my health journey awakening started, you know, way back 2015, 2016. And I started finding these doctors and I didn't know at the time that they were like the cowboy pioneers in medicine. So I start following Dr. Joseph Mercola. I bought a book from him, you know, uh, he was fat fueled and that was very controversial. And, you know, me being postpartum and being on diets my whole life that restricted calories and, you know, low fat, high carbohydrates diets. I found these doctors like Dr. McCola, Dr. Jason Fung, and they were really unconventional in their way of treating disease and healing people from these low fat diets and adding fat for fuel into your body, a fuel for your brain and a fuel for your body. So I went in this whole bulletproof diet, Dave Asprey, and I started following and really like prescripting, they added that into my lifestyle. And I was like, wow, this is so unconventional. This is very controversial, but it worked and it really healed me. And it healed a lot of my gut issues and skin issues. And I was like, my brain turned on all of a sudden. And lo and behold, these were the guys that were censored from the beginning of the pandemic that were calling bullshit and advising vitamin C, vitamin D, the NAC. And then I just started going down these dark rabbit holes of other doctors that were um, coming up with protocols to help their patients when they're functional medicine doctors, they're not just going to tell their patients, go home and take Tylenol. So then I came across Dr. Brownstein, Dr. Levy, all Dr. Peter McCullough, everybody knows Dr. Peter McCullough. And they were all advising these very controversial protocols that if you didn't understand them and you had no idea, then, you know, they would seem very scary, such as diluted hydrogen peroxide for the benefits of oxygenating the blood. And so Dr. Brownstein was having his patients roll up in Michigan, putting their arms out the, he was tourniqueting them, arms out the car window and he's injecting diluted high 3% hydrogen peroxide to for people with COVID-19. Not one death. He's got clinical research and I just start diving into the peer-reviewed studies and I'm like, wow, everybody needs to know this. I'm not saying we need to go and inject ourselves, but this is kind of where Donald Trump was going with the bleach statement that he made. Oh, right. And so that was obviously frowned upon the bleach statement. I mean, we're not going to go out and drink bleach, but it, it was very highly effective from these doctors and these pioneers medicine that came up with these protocols, such as cleaning out your oral and nasal cavity with iodine and diluted hydrogen peroxide. So 
So I really dove into that research. And I remember coming across Peter McCullough's podcast. And I remember listening to his first episode and then just getting addicted. And then I went to my family because my mother's not the healthiest. She's a smoker. I've got smokers in my family. I've got people in my family that have comorbidities. And I was like, forget this. If the doctors are going to tell me that my family is going to get sick and take Tylenol and go home and wait to die, basically, I'm going to do something about it. So I went out and I prepared this kit, preparing my family because we had all not had COVID yet. And I was like, when it happens, I'm going to be ready. Got my hands on some ivermectin. I knew a doctor that had lost his license for prescribing ivermectin. He had convinced a pharmacist and I had my hands on ivermectin and I had ivermectin for my whole family if something were to go wrong or someone would be struggling. I started sharing online about the iodine and the hydrogen peroxide and people were so interested. And then the nebulizer and how I'm helping supporting my kids and making sure we're doing that prophylactically and how the nebulizer helps with chronic asthma and cystic fibrosis. And everybody was like, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. I want this. And help me understand how to dilute hydrogen peroxide in a safe way and give it to my kids or give it to myself or add it to the nebulizer. So this is the educational resource that I created in my community. I mean, at the time I called it Be Your Own Nurse. It was something that just fell on my lap. And, you know, I have my health and fitness coaching business and two kids and a family to run. And I was like, this was an act of service to me. I needed to get this information into people's hands so that they could go out and prepare themselves and empower themselves with these tools to have at home because nobody else was really helping them. Amazing. And that's how the Empowered Health community, which is my community, came to life. And me and my VA friend, business partner now, I said, the only way I'm going to do this is if we do this together and you need to help me. Mm -hmm. And we did it. Something that really propelled me in this is, I don't know if you remember that Amber Alert that happened last September with Willow. Oh, yeah. What had happened. So there was a whole thing. Um, I was through Sarah and Sunit and Alicia Johnson and some other women and Meg Garland and Alberta. We were all like the moms that were thrown into a group together because our heartstrings were just torn with that Ember Alert. It was like we all immediately had this weird intuition in our stomach that something was wrong. Yeah. And, and what, what was it again? Like, Let's just recap what happened. Okay, for listening recap what chart. happened is the mother was in the children's hospital here in Vancouver with her son. And what had happened was she had asked for informed consent. She wasn't feeling safe with the procedure. They were wanting to do a spinal tap um, to rule out meningitis of the child. And she said, I feel like the risks outweigh the benefits. I see his behavior changing. I see him getting better. And the child protective services were called on her for not complying. They wanted to do more interventions that made her feel very uncomfortable. And she ended up fleeing the hospital with her son. An Amber Alert was initiated. That Amber Alert sent a chill down my spine at 11 o'clock at night. Because you never really see that the mother and the child are together. And like, you always Mm -hmm. question, really? And I'm not saying that mothers are any worse. And I'm not being stereotypical on dads are always the one. But it just really seems weird and strange that a mother would be putting her child in danger. Yes, there are mothers out there that put their children in danger. But this to me, in my blood, in my bones, in my cell, I could feel that this was wrong. Mm -hmm. And many other people did too. So we kind of initiated this group of like, what is going on? And thank God for social media. People were sending us information into this group saying that the woman was held in a jail cell in their little small town in Alberta. It was like a split second decision. So I worked in mental health and substance abuse. I worked with many women with children and family ministry in trying to get their children back for like actually really really severe cases. In this, I was like, I just feel like I need to call and I need to advocate for this woman. So I ended up 
you know, through friends and followers online, I ended up calling the jail cell that she was being held at. And I said, my name is Crystal. I'm calling from advocacy agency in Vancouver and I need to talk to Willow. And they put her on the phone with me. Oh, wow. She was being interrogated. She did not have a lawyer and they were threatening some very severe fines, right? Neglect of a child, criminal charges. This is insane. And so the boy, she doesn't know where her son is. He was in a hospital in Alberta. And we, you know, the women in the group rallied together and we got her lawyer. And the lawyer called in and said, that's my client. You cannot interrogate her without me there. And then they worked together and they ended up releasing her on the one condition that she didn't try and go and find her son. So they dropped all charges. She walked out with no paperwork Mm -hmm. and was free to go from this like very severe criminal charge. And, you know, it was broadcasted all over media, how bad this mother was for taking her child and putting him in danger. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So what kind of spiraled out of that is with talking to Willow after that, she was coming to us and she had let me know that her mother had her son while she was out camping with some friends and that the boy had a febrile seizure and the grandmother panicked and brought him to the hospital. And then from the hospital, from the second that she arrived at the hospital, because obviously it looks bad, you know, you're out camping, your son is sick, your son is here with your mother and you're not here. So then when she arrives to the hospital, they're asking her all kinds of questions. And she said that she just wasn't provided culturally safe care, right? Mm -hmm. She looks different. She has tattoos. She's an Asian woman with dreadlocks. You know, some questions came up and she felt judged. And I really felt sad for her. I was thinking I had a nephew that had a febrile seizure and I know how alarming it can be for the parents. And unless your child is in a special circumstance or has another illness or something like that, then that would be more alarming. But if they recover quickly and it doesn't last longer than five minutes, then it wouldn't be a reason to enter a hospital for or call 911. And With this whole situation that happened with Willow, I just kept getting messages from people of the hesitancy and the fear of medical care. Mm -hmm. I can't even call it care. Just it's not care. Going to a hospital, going Mm -hmm. to see a doctor, messages coming in from people saying, women saying, I have an IUD in me and I don't even want to go talk to my doctor to talk talk about it. I don't even, I need to take it out, but I can't because I am so afraid to go to the doctor. And that really drove me to create this educational resource. Because if you go online today and you say, okay, I have a fever. My child has a fever. What do I do? Well, if you're going to go there, it's going to tell you to take antipyretics. It's going to tell you to take Tylenol. It's going to tell you to call your healthcare provider if their fever is higher than 40 degrees Celsius. You know, the information all leads back to go to your healthcare provider. It's not get them in the bath cold compress, peppermint oil, Epsom salts, right? Like it's not all of those natural ways that the fever is a natural immune response. And so many people are quick to just stop that response. Yeah. From how to press it. So I was like, we need education for people that value freedom in healthcare and body autonomy we need educational resources for people to keep them safe, but also know when it is time to go and see a practice, like a healthcare provider. Yeah. yeah. Know, like, be, and then these tools that I tell you to get help prevent, like, let's say respiratory illnesses from getting into phase two when it gets into the lungs and then you have pneumonia. We can prevent that at home. Mm-hmm. So you can be proactive versus reactive. And this is something that I stress so much in my course is we need to be proactive. We need to just have these things and do it ourselves and stop relying on a system that doesn't have our back. 1000%. Yeah. A thing that I had thought about, which now I'm quite frustrated about 
I used to get terrible chronic throat infections as a kid. I had huge tonsils and I would get cryptic tonsillitis, right? So like holes and like pus and all this stuff. And I remember just even as a kid being, okay, there's clearly like an infection here. Like, why isn't there like antiseptic or something that I can put on it? I would just have to wait until I got super sick and then go to the doctor and get antibiotics. I was on antibiotics 10, 11, 12 times a year for like 23 years. Took 23 years. I bet you you have gut issues. Oh, girl. Like, (laughs) I've been working with a healthcare practitioner. He's a TCM, but he does homeopathy as well. And he did bioresonance testing. And he's like, you are full of strep bacteria. Full. Because every time you get one of those infections and then you take the antibiotic, it drives the bacteria into like your organs. (laughs) It's wild. And one of the cool things that I discovered, like through some of these doctors that were creating these more holistic kits and all of these preparatory things that we could do in order to not get sicker from whatever was going around, was like actually disinfecting your orifices. So there was this nasal spray that I would take. Like if there was people that were sick around me, I'd use this nasal spray that has, I think it's like grapeseed or grapefruit seed extract in it, which is antibacterial and antiviral. So if you think about it, there's a respiratory illness going around, it gets into your nose, your throat, totally, it grows in the throat and the nose. And then as you swallow or whatever, as you breathe, it can go down into your lungs. And that's when things get bad. But there are iodine gargles that you can use and all these things. And it's just like, why the fuck have I never been told this in my entire life? And just thinking about how many how so much illness could have been prevented for me as a kid, which now has just festered into all this like chronic bullshit that is taking me literally like over a decade to clear out. So frustrating. So frustrating. Something I will say to that is our parents only knew what they knew. Totally. And there was no education about, right? If you go back to the 1980s, all of that homeopathy, DIY, the remedies, that was all suppressed by the Rockefeller medicine. Yeah. Well, our parents only knew what they knew, but our generation and the next generation, that is why it's so important to educate the benefits of antiviral grapeseed oil, Epsom salt baths for fevers, iodine, you know, has a kill rate of 15 seconds. So if you are starting to feel that in the nose and in the mouth, get out your spray, get out your mist. Mm-hmm. So this is what I want to equip families and our children with. My children even know this. My son is nine and he's like, I need the mist. Yeah. I need the nebulizer. The women in my community, they say that their kids now are like, mommy, my throat hurts. I need the nebulizer. And so putting liquid NAC, which you need a prescription for, but it's not a challenge to get, putting one milliliter in the nebulizer with just 0.9% normal saline, maybe a drop of iodine, you can prevent severe illnesses. This is so cool. Tell me about the nebulizer. This you know, you know what a nebulizer is. So it's like the thing that I know, like explain it to me. So I have it right here. Do you (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Let's look at it. Let me get it for you. Okay. (laughs) So if you were a child now, and you mm-hmm. were having a sore throat or your tonsils were becoming inflamed and you know you had a runny nose, all of those things. So this is your nebulizer cup. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's just a little cup. Yeah. The medicine goes in here. Okay. So you can put in liquid vitamin C. You can put in liquid vitamin D in here. You can put probiotics in here. You can put, I put NAC. I've been so successful with helping treat lower respiratory infections with liquid NAC. It's incredible. My son had bronchitis. He had a strider, right? So that wheeze in the lungs, he had inflammation in the lungs. If he got sick again, that's a risk for pneumonia. Hospital. No, thank you. I'm not not taking my kids to the hospital. If I don't need to, I will do everything in my power to prevent at home. You can put steroids in here. I would say that would be like a last resort to help, right? To help kids breathe or adults even. But I love this for older seniors and younger children that don't do well with taking medicine. Like I can't really get vitamin C into my kid and like, he just doesn't like it. And 
you won't gargle with normal saline. So it's the nebulizer. So I make a DIY of normal saline at home for pennies. Okay. Mm -hmm. And what I do is I give you the recipes inside my community. It's like a half a teaspoon of Celtic sea salt, two cups of purified water, never use tap water. And then you just keep that in a mason jar and put it in your fridge for one month. You can get Lugol's iodine, put a drop or two in here. And then, so for my daughter, who's two and won't wear the mask, I nurse her, or even if you bottle feed, you can have the baby here. So when they're nose breathing, you're going to put the medicine cup Mm. right to their nose and they're going to inhale it and it's going to cleanse the lungs. Cool. You have the iodine there and you suspect an infection, you can start killing it right away. Wow. And then my son will wear the mask and we do this like three times a day. So like morning, noon, and night, if they're home from school or right, if you have your kids, morning, noon, and night, and you want to, you can put colloidal silver in there, nano silver. You can put so many things inside the nebulizer. My girlfriend has two kids with cystic fibrosis, and I sent her the peer-reviewed research from Dr. Joseph McCola. And I said, look, he's been treating cystic fibrosis and chronic asthma with the nebulizer for like a decade. So they cleanse the lungs with normal saline. Wow. And yeah, how she started doing that with her kids? Yes. And she's found great benefit. And her kids wow. were, of course, when you have cystic fibrosis, you're kind of more vulnerable and more susceptible to getting more severe lung totally. infections. So yeah, she's really prevented that with her kids and even if you have chronic asthma and like why weren't we telling people about this during COVID (laughs) right so you have have a tool that can help you with your respiratory illness that of course doesn't make anybody money but you can get 0.9% normal saline and just cleanse out your lungs Mm -hmm. why can't we help people that yeah. And then of course there's a more controversial protocol that people are going to, you know, the bleach thing, which is with the hydrogen peroxide. I swear by it. I love it. I make my own diluted hydrogen peroxide for my kids. And we put it in a little nasal bottle with a little squirt and we mm-hmm. squirt two times on the side of the nose. So I'll do that if I'm on an airplane prior yeah. to my travel, because Ooh, if I'm smart. going on vacation nowadays, nothing is going to be interrupting my vacation because vacations not being able to vacation for so many, so many years. Yeah. That's sacred, right? Totally. So we bring that nasal spray on the road with us mm-hmm. and especially on an airplane. Yeah. Oh, totally. I used to get sick every single time I got on a plane. Like my immune system was just trashed from my gut being ruined from all of the antibiotics and all of the things. And my defense for years has been like this really high quality chaga extract, which works very well for me. But I mean, like adding in that layer of the nasal spray and stuff to like 100%. Like I take nasal spray with me everywhere now. Yeah, I've been doing the nasal spray with my daughter since she was four months old. Yeah, wow. A little spray in the nasal cavity and my son has been sick and brought things home from his activities and his school. And my daughter, even as an infant, we prevented illnesses just by doing that. Oh my gosh. And it really feels so empowering. Like honestly now, well, I pretty much never get sick anymore, but like I used to get sick constantly for anybody listening. Like it was at least 10 times a year. I was constantly ill. Now I rarely get sick. If it happens, it's such a short duration because I have all the tools just to kind of nip it in the bud. And it just alleviates so much stress, you know, like that fear that and it's going to get pushed on people again, that fear is going to be coming again. So it is so important just to get prepared. It is so important. Like I need to stress that it is so important because, you know, like you said, someone is like, this is going to happen again. Did they tell us, like they intentionally didn't tell us about the natural things that work. They did everything in their power to hide it. So next time there's a catastrophic epidemic or pandemic, they want their numbers. They want people 
right? They want fear-based. So if we start creating an arsenal toolkit that can help us not be the ones that are being sick, number one, that starts with eliminating the sugar from your diet and getting your body mass index into a healthy range, number one. And then adding on these layers, these are our layers of protection, Yeah. right? Absolutely. Interesting that we're now at a time where the government here in Canada is also systematically destroying our natural health product Mm -hmm. and practitioner industry. What should people be stocking up on right now? Oh, geez. Actually, you had that lovely homeopath on your podcast and the one with the lovely accent. um, Yeah, Dr. Strabak. She had set the alarm to go and get the homeopathic remedies that they will probably be taking off the shelf. So every single, like I have a local Whole Foods here. Every single time I go, not every single time, but like almost every single time I'm grabbing a Belladonna. I'm grabbing the arsenicum because those will be the ones to go first because, right, the arsenicum and it has arsenic in it and the belladonna and how dangerous it is. So I keep stocking up on those. Those are very effective for Mm -hmm. me and my children. Like I said, I love the nebulizer. People have caught on to these really amazing tools. So they're hard to get. Two years ago, I was able to find this, you know, I panicked, so I bought it on Amazon, but I don't advocate for Amazon at all. Mm. But if you're in a pinch, go and do what works for you. But you could find these in stores for like $79. And now they're like $100 because everybody is going and buying them up. So if you see a nebulizer in a store, buy it. This is your sign right now to buy the nebulizer in the store Mm -hmm. right now. And then... We learn how to make DIY normal saline. I'm going to give you a promo code. You can tell people to come in. I'm going to give you that recipe for free for the first month if you sign up for the first 30 days. And also, I love hydrogen peroxide. Get a 3% food grade hydrogen peroxide. And every time you're sick, I'll teach you how to use it and protocols for adults, preventatives for children as young as six months of four months of age and how to nebulize with it. Mm-hmm. And for other health products, I mean, yeah, vitamin C, vitamin D, all of that is important. Iodine, super important. Like to start creating your kits, your basket, your emergency supplies, because if that were to go, then you have that. Yeah, for sure. I would say like Nigella sativa would be a good one as well. Yeah, it's like- yeah herbal equivalent of ivermectin yeah yeah basically anything that's on that what were they called imath or something like whatever that protocol was in the flcc yes i don't know what the imath was i don't know if that's like the right acronym but there was some sort of acronym for the protocol that's still available i believe on their website what is yeah. the website again it's like the canadian COVID COVID care alliance COVID yeah alliance. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, like, I think we'll still be able to access things ordering from, you know, other countries and stuff, but you can get ivermectin shipped to Canada right now using the wellness company. They will give you a combination of vitamin D and ivermectin, and they've been successfully shipping it to Canada. The wellness company. Yeah. So I've partnered up with the wellness company. It's twc.health. And Foster Carlson, he is the CEO and he is freaking amazing. And what they're doing is amazing over there. If you're interested in bolstering your immune system, detoxing from, you know, shedding or long haulers, you're going to get spike support, but they have a telemed. I just had Jen, the farm, the people's pharmacist in my community doing a call. They've come up with free from pharma. I'm not sure if it's available for all Canadians and US, but they do a telemed where they like help you come off prescription medication and then give you, you know, supplements to help you. And yeah, I think that they are, you can try and get some supplements here in Canada. Wow. That's amazing. 
one thing that I am wondering, I have a girlfriend, she has like this kind of respiratory issue now since having, I think she's had COVID three times and she's been jabbed just as many, but she's struggling with just kind of like this wheeze and like this little cough, as well as like these new allergy symptoms that she's never had before. Could the nebulizer be supportive of that? Absolutely. The nebulizer with the hydrogen peroxide protocol, I think that is very helpful because my son had lower respiratory infection. He had bronchitis and that is how I rid him of the inflammation. So that wheezing, that coughing, that's all inflammation. So I would use the nebulizer for that. Of course, this is not medical advice. This is what I would do for myself. Mm -hmm. And then if I had long haulers, I would definitely get the spike support and start detoxing. Even people who are unjabbed, if you're going out into the community, like I work with people, I'm touching people, I'm touching people's sweaty bodies in shedding comes out even in your breath. So Mm -hmm. when I'm out in the community, I'm taking my spike support. Oh, wow. And what's in the spike support? Have you heard of it? So it's natural kinase. It's natural kinase. It's green tea extract. It's the pronounce it wrong. Nigelia sativa. Yeah. (laughs) And sea moss, Irish sea moss. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I shared yes. this. Sarah's partnered with them as well. I've partnered with them because their mission is to, you know, put the health back into your own hands, own your health, right? Yeah. So start being radically responsible for your health and providing solutions for people who are trusting and have trusted the experts and now they're not in a good situation health wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've partnered with them. My code is Crystal Cara, which saves you 10%. But honestly, everything that they have on their website is including their telehealth. Mm-hmm. Utilize it if you're struggling. Amazing. Yeah, so share that with your friend for sure. Okay. Um, and then I think the nebulizer is so important for especially respiratory. I mean, if you think back to people that get sick, like we mostly get respiratory illnesses. Like we'll get like the common stomach bug, things like that. But most of the time it's nasal, oral, lungs. Yeah. And when it yeah. gets to the lungs, that's when things can get really dangerous, especially for vulnerable people like younger children or senior citizens. So those tools and, and that supplies that I shared today, that is going to help prevent families from getting entangled into the medical system because the medical system here in Canada is quick to overreach and override parental rights and things can get pretty dicey fast. So a lot of parents won't even go to a hospital and have to really take that critical thinking. Do I need to go to the hospital? Do I really want to answer their questions? Mm-hmm. When they ask you, are your vaccines up to date? Right. It's like, they're not, they're asking you that on a trust system, by the way, because right as it stands today, there's no system from public health for children that are talking to the emergency room. So they're asking you, are your vaccines up to date? The minute you say no, they've now perceived you in a different way. Yeah. Right. You're not one of those people. Go down the assessment even further. Have you given them Tylenol for their pain? Like, what have you been doing at home? No, we've been giving homeopathy remedies. Perceive you a little different, right? Keep going down the line a little further. They're going to ask for spinal taps and these things to rule out all of these things because it's a one size fits all. It's not a unique situation. It's a protocol and they're covering their ass. Yeah. So for me, I just want to help families to prevent getting entangled in this system. I can't even call it a healthcare system. It's not about health and it's not about care. I know. It's so frustrating. It's really frustrating. And I mean, the system is really great for emergency situations. But when it comes to like actual health, it's lacking severely. And it's become a really scary situation for a lot of people. And the way that it's being used to control... (laughs) is something that we just really need to push back against and hopefully come into a place of balance. Like the more people kind of wake up and take their health into their own hands, we need to rely on the system a lot less. But I do hope that there is at some point a time where 
we can't, you know, they do gain our trust back because, you know, it is still, it's important to have these things, but our laziness and our reliance on other is really what has kind of fostered all of this. So it really is time to, to take our power back for sure. And I will say that I know we're kind of running out of time here, but Western medicine is appropriate in some situations. Mm -hmm. And my child was diagnosed with bacterial meningitis at six weeks old and went down that path of we went to the emergency room, we did the spinal tap, we did the IV antibiotics, we went down that road. And thank God, I had the tools to know, oh, he's not waking up to nurse, let's check his temperature. Oh, he has an elevated temperature, we need to take him to the hospital right away. And I was not awake at that time. But I went down that allopathic route of antibiotics at six weeks old, then he was sick all the time for two years. And then it was bronchodilators. And then he started having like what looked like epileptic seizures because of the, the bronchodilator, right? And it, and it was like every medication that they provided him because he was sick always brought on a new, a new symptom or like, and then I went down this path of does my child has epilepsy? Right. And that was related to the bronchodilator and the steroids that he was on. Yeah. That was a side effect. Absolutely. And but yes, it's necessary, a- but caution and do your research on the side effects. And if the side effects of steroids and bronchodilators outweigh the risks at that time, then just do your research. Stop relying on the people that say this is what he needs at this time. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that personally, firsthand, being someone that was, you know, diagnosed with autoimmune stuff and knowing so many people with autoimmune stuff, which now I'm realizing is because of the medical interventions that were prescribed to me when I didn't know any better. It is important. It's really important stuff. So thank you so much for thank you, Krista. I all feel of this. Like- I'm I love your your wild remedies. I'm hooked on your chocolate you lit the immunity Mm. I love that and I'm so glad that we got to connect and our energy just really really sparks the same kind of come from the same background yeah I loved being here with you today yay yeah me too thank you so much so for people who want to learn more and connect what is the best way for them to do that I hang out mostly on Instagram But the days of meta are getting a little dark and unreliable. So you can find me on my website. It's crystalcara.com. So that's C-R-Y-S-T-A-L, Cara, K-A-R-A.com. And for your listeners today, I wanted to provide them with a 30-day educational resource. So you would get like my four popular modules. So like everything about nebulizing, the protocols I've shared, all of the research data, everything about the fevers, right? Homeopathy. There's so many people that want to learn more about that. Like I said, it's like an act of service for me. And I'm happy to provide that educational resource. So if you hop in for 30 days, you can take what you need. And if you enjoy it, stick around. Yay. And I'll give you a code for that. And you can maybe put it in the show notes, the, the link. And yeah, yeah just, uh, my Instagram is I am Crystal Kara everywhere. My website and my Instagram. Perfect. Okay, everybody listening, make sure you take advantage of this offer because it's amazing. I'm definitely going to as well. I love being prepared. I'm about to embark on six months of travel. I'm leaving Canada. I was stuck here for fucking two years. And I used to travel a ton, so I'm really excited. But I want to make sure that I have my toolkit. So I think I'm going to add one of those nebulizers. I'm going to check out your program. I'm going to get all of the things. <laughs> There's so many things that you can bring with you. Yeah, 100%. I've already like started making a list of my kit because that's like my number one, right? Like making sure that my health is bolstered through all of the travel. Like I've just spent so much time clearing parasites and bacteria and all of this stuff. And I'm like, you get exposed to all that while you travel, right? So the kit, I don't even care if I have to bring an entire additional fucking suitcase with me. I'm having all of my things with me. That is like my number one priority. And that's how it should be with everybody. We should all have a cupboard or whatever it is with 
all the things that we need to be prepared to make sure that we stay healthy. Yes. So everybody listening, if you love this episode, make sure to share it with someone and we will catch you all on the next episode. Big love as always for being here today. I appreciate you so much supporting this project. Here's to truth, unity, the mystical, and the magical. If you want to connect more, hit me up on the gram at magic, M-A-G-I-C-K dot maven. I'm a lover and maker of herbal potions, beautiful environments, brands, adventures, and wild crafts. So if that's something that lights you up, I am always up to some wacky adventure and would love to connect with you there. If you feel called to share this episode, please do. This is a passion project. I'm not doing any sponsorship at this time, so it would mean the world. Thanks again and see you on the next episode.